Welcome to the fight with Teddy Atlas, presented by Dynamic Striking. I'm Ken Rideout, joined as always by the voice of MMA, Teddy Atlas, and today's very special guest, the toughest pinata maker in North America, <laughs> the baby assassin, the newest UFC champion, Brandon Moreno. Welcome to the show, champ. Oh, guys, uh, thank you so much for this space. I, I really appreciate it. It's a pleasure to, to meet you guys. Uh, it's great to have you, uh, Brandon. It's tremendous. Uh, congratulations on not only winning the title, but becoming the first Mexican-born UFC champion ever. Uh, how does that feel? Uh, how were you greeted in, in Mexico after that? No, right now, my, my, my hometown, my, my city, uh, Tijuana, is it, crazy. Everybody knows who is uh, Brandon Moreno. And, uh, uh, you know, I, can, I can't even believe it. Uh, it's a dream come true for me. I, I'm living the dream right now. And it's so special because I worked so hard for this. I ha I, like I said before, I, ha I have uh, 10 years like a professional. Uh, 15 years doing this sport and, and and it's crazy you know a lot of work a lot of sacrifices dedication but at the end of the day i i'm the champion right now and um, that is the most important thing in my career right now yeah well congratulations it was an awesome win and we really enjoyed it man thank you thank you you know and was that a really hard training camp because since the rematch in 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 December, uh, I never stopped stop to to think about the fight, you know, about the next fight, about the Davison, about the, the next game plan to improve my skills. Uh, you know, it was a hard training camp, but I'm the champion. <laughs> how, did, how does it feel to um, to push over Canelo? And now you're you're the big man, no more Canelo. <laughs> are you and Canelo? Are you and are you? Uh, and Canelo friends, uh, now, you know, have you been friends? And I'm joking around, of course, Canelo is, is so big over there, but um, they have to make room for Brandon Marino now. Uh, no more just Canelo. Maybe. <laughs> Are you friends <laughs> with him? Actually, I, 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 don't, I don't need uh, Canelo yet. Uh, he's, he's an amazing boxer. And obviously the culture of boxing in Mexico is, is really really important it's a national sport in, in in my country in mexico and mixed martial arts is a new sport for the country i mean it's it's new for the world in general you know imagine how new it is for for my country for mexico so i think i'm doing the the, the things very well and have a special place in the combat sports like like you said like like canelo is in, in mexico right now it's, it's, it's special and it's nice and enjoy it so much. You know what's interesting to me, Brandon, is that you just touched on it and it's so true. I mean, Mexico Mexico has such a deep history, a great, great, great tradition of, of fighters, of boxers that are world champions, just tremendous. Some of the greatest of all time come out yes. of Mexico. And why, what, made you go into MMA because you would think that it would be <laughs> boxing, right? You would think so. Right. I mean, with the history there, what made you go into MMA? It's crazy because when I'm start to, to try to find something to do, you know, to some sport to do, uh, Tijuana in Mexico, is, you know, the history of boxing is huge, but in Tijuana, we have a lot of uh, uh, champions from Tijuana. 
So it's curious. A, a lot of boxing gyms in Tijuana, but the first gym I meet was a, a mixed martial arts gym, you know. Uh, I'm starting to train in Entram Gym in Tijuana with my coach, Raul Arvizu. And, you know, again, what's, what's the first sport I'm start doing? I, I don't do I don't do before, like, uh, you know, boxing or football, soccer or something like that. I'm starting mixed martial arts. And I'm, I'm new that I'm, I'm that new generation of, of fighters who start to, to practice everything, you know, like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, wrestling, uh, kickboxing, Muay Thai and all that stuff. Are you aware of how great the tradition of, I mean, I know you, you, you mentioned it, obviously you understand the tradition of boxing in your sport. It's a national sport um, and a national tradition is part of the culture of Mexico. You could go that far. But do you realize, uh, are you familiar with some of the great fighters, the great boxers uh, from Mexico? Do you know who they are? Obviously, yeah. In, in, in Mexico, everybody knows who is Julio César Chávez, I mean, for sure. You know, in Mexico, yeah. everybody knows who is uh, Juan Manuel Márquez. Everybody knows who is El, El Terrible Morales. And... When I'm starting this sport, and like three years ago, when I'm starting uh, specifically in boxing, I start to train boxing, I'm trying to, to think a lot of, for example, for me, my, my favorite Mexican boxer is Juan Manuel Marquez. For me, he's, I mean, he's aggressive. Uh, he has a lot of hurt, but at the same time, he has a lot of techniques, you know, good foot, uh, uh, foot movement, good uh, head movement too, and, you know, good combinations. And I love it. Yeah, he's very smart, very smart, and a great fighter. I mean, you've had so many great ones. Have you heard of guys like Salvador Sanchez and and Carlos Zarate and Ruben Olivares? Have you heard of I'm, them? I I hear about about them before. Obviously, I, I don't. Obviously, I don't. I don't suck his fights, but I I know who they are. Hey guys, want to take a minute to give a shout out to our newest sponsor, Magic Spoon. If you've heard us talk about this before, it's the healthiest cereal out there. Uh, I used to love indulging in cereal when I was younger, but it's most of the cereals today are so full of sugar and carbs that I've had to uh, forego my uh, favorite indulgence. But with the addition of my four children, we now have cereal in the house all the time. So it was refreshing to find Magic Spoon with zero grams of sugar. 13 to 14 grams of protein per serving and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. Um, we've been eating a lot of this stuff, only 140 calories per serving. It's keto friendly, gluten free, grain free, soy free, low carb and GMO free. We've been getting the variety pack, four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted and peanut butter. The kids usually mix the cocoa and peanut butter to make a peanut butter cup cereal. Again, I've been snacking on this stuff like crazy, um, but it has so much goodness in it. I've been doing it guilt-free. Go to magicspoon.com slash atlas to grab a variety pack and try it today. Use our promo code ATLAS, A-T-L-A-S, at checkout to save $5 on your first order. That's magicspoon.com slash atlas. Use the promo code ATLAS to save $5 on your first order. 
Hey guys, today's episode is also supported by Athletic Greens, the all-in-one daily drink to support better health and peak performance. Uh, I love this stuff. I've been saying it for the last couple of years. These guys spent 10 years with the top nutritionists and doctors to create this formula. It's made from 75 whole food sourced ingredients. It's got vitamins, minerals, prebiotics, probiotics, and antioxidants. Consider it like an insurance policy for your body's health and immunity. This is all you need to stay on top of your immunity with 12 servings of fruit and vegetables. No need for multivitamins or whatever else you take, and Athletic Greens has you covered. Uh, special offer for our listeners, Athletic Greens has given 10 free travel packs with your first order. So whether you're looking to boost your energy levels, support your immune system, or address gut health, Athletic Greens is the way to go. Simply visit athleticgreens.com atlas to claim the special offer of 10 free travel packs with your first purchase. Again, that's athleticgreens.com atlas. Brandon, every, everyone's journey is different. And you, you had a very difficult journey to get there. I mean, and it's a tremendous story. Your Thank story, you. it really is. It's a, I mean, <laughs> it's a tremendous story. And it's an inspiring story for other people to be able to follow and have hope that they could do something like you did. I mean, you were cut from the UFC after losing two fights. And then you get the title shot finally. And you get a draw. I want to ask you a question. Was there ever a time where you stopped believing that you would be a champion? Did you ever lose your faith or your belief? <laughs> Actually, you know, yeah, my 2018 was the worst year of my life so far. And in that moment, every single morning, I, you know, when I wake up in, in, in the morning, I was thinking like, Oh man, I, I, I can't do this anymore. You know, I feel like just, I don't believe in, in myself anymore in, in, in that time. But th then is when the, the discipline come with me because even when I don't was too much, I don't had too much motivation to go to the gym. I wake up uh, early in the morning and, you know, eat my, eat my breakfast and then go to the gym and, and, and do my, my practice, you know was a, a hard time for me definitely because that was like a, a snowball uh UFC released me to the company and then a lot of other problems like uh, problems with money uh, personal problems with my family and a surgery of my daughter you know was a hard time but at the end I at the end of the day I have a an a hate love relationship with that year because I hate the, the year because it was really hard but at the same time I love it because that that gives me too much experience in my life, you know, I'm, and I'm very young. I'm 27 years old, but I think the experience I have is, 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 is amazing for my age. See, that leads me right into the next question. If you didn't have, and this is important for people to hear, if you didn't have such a hard journey, if you didn't have those early losses, if you didn't get cut from the UFC, all those things that seemed like terrible things at the time, and they were, they were, there's no doubt about it. But if you didn't have that happen to you in your life, do you think you would be where you are today? Man, I, I really feel in the bottom of my heart, I needed that. <laughs> and it's crazy. It's crazy because you supposedly you, you don't want that in your life. You know, you, are, you, work, so, you work so hard uh, 
for good uh, things in your life. But the real life is, is just like that. It's something bad happened. Is there is the real situation of in, in, in the life? So yeah, definitely yes. If I needed that in, in that that kind of experience in my life to be what I'm I'm I am right now. Beautiful. I figured that everyone should hear that. Everybody should hear that, Brandon. That you know, <laughs> you have to go through the fire uh, sometimes to get to the good place. Yes. You know, to form you, to make you, to create you. Um, it's very painful, you know. It's very painful because obviously you don't want that. You you you, you want just happiness in your life, but it's not the real life that. You're so right, and but you're happy now. <laughs> yes, you're happy I, now, and, and it was worth before, it. You know? That's right. And you know who you are? You are the Mexican Rocky. You know the Rocky movie? Oh, my goodness. That sounds amazing, you know? Thank you yeah, so much. You, maybe. You, are. you know, maybe. I, I, you know, I, I love the character of Rocky, you know? I, I, he's a warrior, and I really believe I'm a warrior, too. <laughs> Yeah, Brandon, I think when, um, you know, like Teddy was saying, before you were released from the UFC, you were the last, the, the lowest rated pick on the Ultimate Fighter. I mean, if you could ever find some motivation, that was it. Because when I read that, I'm like, oh, what a great redemption story to come from the last pick. No one wants to be the last pick or the lowest rated pick. And now you're the champion looking at all those guys. How does that feel? No, I mean, what, what a journey, you know? Because yes, it's what a roller coaster. I went to the uh, to the the Ultimate Fighter tournament, like the less favorite, the, you know, like the underdog. I'm yeah. My life is the you know is the underdog like so far. So I went there into the Ultimate Fighter. I was very angry and, and with a lot of fire inside of me to try to 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 prove something to the company, you know, uh, to Dana White, to to the matchmakers. Uh, I fall against the number one seed in the tournament, and I lost. I that I felt very disappointed of myself by, by my performance in that moment. But I tried to use that um, tournament, that show, to to try to learn something more. I remember my 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 coach of the season, uh, Joseph Benavides, teach me a lot of different things, you know. And I use that show like a training camp, actually, you know, to improve my skills. I, I had a conversation with my with my head coach Raul before to go to the to the house to the, the ultimate fighter and and he said something like hey uh, you are young if you lost the tournament nothing nothing matters you know nothing matters use that time to improve your skills to improve your your performance and use the, the use the, the the ultimate fighter like a training camp and i did it i i did i did it just like that and and then just gave me the opportunity to to make my my debut uh, in the UFC in a short notice against Luis Smolka. Uh, in that moment, Luis Smolka was the number nine rank in the flyweight division. I obviously I, I I was scared, but at the same time, I was so excited to prove something. I still still prove something. You know, Brandon, somebody in the UFC has a pretty good eye for talent. <laughs> And I'll tell you, no, no, really, because I find it very interesting, and you just touched on it, you know, where you, you, were, you were an unheralded prospect, actually, 
Um, you were seated last among the 16 competitors in the Ultimate Fighter 24 tournament. You lost your first fight in the tournament to the top-seeded fighter that you were just talking about, yet you were the only one in the first round that lost, the only loser in the first round in the entire tournament, tournament who was offered a UFC contract. Somebody saw something. Somebody saw something. I mean, you're, you're losing the first round, and nobody else gets offered a contract, and you get offered a contract. So that's a great, that's a great lesson right there. Um, I mean, I, I don't know what, what, what can I say to, you know, I'm just trying to work hard every single day, you know, and I remember the, the, the ultimate fighter. I remember working, uh, work so hard after my losses in actually it was the, the first episode of the season, you know, the, it was the first fight of the season. I lost early in the, in the, in the competition, but again, I use it all that time to improve my, improve my performance, improve my skills. And I did very well. Actually, my, my, my coaches in that season, in that season, watched something special, special on me. You know, my, my coach, Joseph Benavides, talked with the matchmakers of, of the UFC and say like, hey, this guy is a hard work. Because he told me this history, like after the show, the matchmaker went with uh, with my coach Joseph Benavides and start to uh, to ask him like you who you think uh, deserve a, a, a opportunity for the, uh, uh, to get a uh, the contract in the in the UFC in the in the company and he started to tell to say some names and he say my name like um, that was special you know when I went to the UFC I I. I I won my first fight against Luis Smolka, so I proved something. And definitely, I know uh, the matchmakers, the company, uh, see some saw something in that moment. You know, I I just try to 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 prove something in my life. You know, I I want to prove I really love this sport. You know, and I want to talk about the fight. You ready to talk about the fight now that you won? I'm ready. To, all right. Here's here's what I saw. You tell me where I'm right. And if I am, if I am right, okay. Yep. Everybody talked about in a simple way that you were more aggressive, but I saw much more than just that. <laughs> I I saw a tremendous game plan, tremendous, and I saw someone who knew there was no margin for error. You knew you were in there with a guy that was dangerous. You knew you couldn't make a mistake, and you. You were prepared for that. And I saw a game of chess, very fast chess, but where you, were, you knew exactly what the moves you were going to make and what you needed to do. And yeah, you were more aggressive, but in a very controlled, cautious way where, and I'm going to use a word that a lot of fighters don't use, but honest fighters do use it. They understand it. They're not afraid to use it. I'm going to use a tough word. I'm going to use the word fear, where you took your fear and you used it. You controlled. I watched that fight and I said, oh, my God, oh, <laughs> I'm watching a guy who's on top of everything today. This is his greatest day of his life. He's, in, he's, he's using his fear in the way we're supposed to use our fear, to be in control, to be ready, to be sharp, to be fast, to be alert. 
and he's pushing in a very cautious way. He's pushing forward with Figueroa, but he's ready for Figueroa to make a mistake. He's forcing Figueroa to make a move where he can either beat him to it or counter him. And I'm watching. I said, "This is unbelievable." This I wish <laughs> I, I want. I want when I talk to him, I want him to get credit for this, and I want him to talk about this, and I want to ask him if I was seeing what I thought I was seeing, where he's pushing Figueroa, where. At once, he's making him feel the he's making him feel the pressure, and he's making him react to the pressure. And then, then when it's the right time, he's gonna attack. He's either gonna beat him to it, or he's gonna counter him. And I see him. I saw you push Figueroa. You make him throw a wide punch, a wide hook, and what do you do? Bang! You beat him with a straight jab, and you drop him with that straight jab. You made him make a mistake. You made him feel the pressure. You controlled him. And then what do I see? I see the second round. You go to the mat, and the same thing. You make him overreact just a little bit, just a little bit, and in a second, bang, you pounce on him. You use your... Everything, your fear, your your readiness, your nervousness, your your anticipation, everything you use it to be quick, to be fast, to be smart, to not make mistakes, and to not give this guy a second chance. There's, you forced him to just overmove a little bit, and then bang! The next thing you know, you're on top of him. You're like a spider. You 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 go right around him. You get him into that submission move, and and it's over. But it was so brilliant. It was so brilliant. Can you, can you, I, I just had to say that. Can you talk about that, please? Tell me if I'm right. Let, let me tell you something, Teddy. I mean, definitely the game plan was incredible. What, what, was exactly what I, want, I wanted in that, in that moment. But the key of the victory, at least I really believe that, you know, the key of the victory was my mindset. That's what I mean. Uh, I'm talking about the mind. I'm talking about that you were so much in control, so yeah. calm, so calm. You knew exactly what you had to do, and you forced him into mistakes. You you knew you had a dangerous guy, a really dangerous guy. And sometimes when people have a dangerous guy, they lay back because yeah. of the danger. You said, no, 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 no. I'm gonna push. <laughs> I'm gonna push him into mistakes. I'm not gonna walk into the fire. I'm not gonna be stupid. I'm not gonna be careless, but I'm gonna put a cautious, controlled pressure on him where I'm gonna force him to do something and take advantage of it. Does that make sense? Definitely, definitely, 100%. It wasn't a, an a combination of, you know, to be aggressive, but to be very, very smart, you know. Uh, for and the, the first five, for example, he when he, he changed his stance to SOPA, he threw a, a lot of kicks. And my forearm, my forearm was very damaged after the fight. But now... I tried to kick uh, the inside of his leg, you know. Too much. That is a that was part of the game plan. For example, try to attack too much the body was another thing in the game plan because he cut too much weight. You know, he's a huge guy. To be honest, in my personal opinion, 
he needs to go to the to the bantamweight division because he cuts too much weight and I think he's not really healthy that in, in some point. So attack the, the the body was part of the plan too. Throw more than one jab, you know, the first fight was just one jab and that works in that moment. But he in I remember one of the best counters he, he made in, in the fight was the counter of, of the jab. So what happened if I throw... I don't know, two or three jabs, you know, that was a different, but, but again, the mindset at that moment, I was on fire and, and I was ready to die. If it was necessary to get that belt, you know, I was ready to die. Literal, literal. I was ready. You know, it's a great lesson for young fighters out there because there's two ways to deal with a very dangerous guy because he's a dangerous guy. You know, he's a good striker. Good. Yeah, no, he's real. He's real. He's real. You, that's the right way to say it. And one way is to lay back, you know, a little bit like a Mayweather, where you you wait for something, you counter that. But another way is again, and I think it's the it was the right way for you to push it in a very careful, cautious, smart way to push the envelope and force him to react in a way that is going to create mistakes. And and then and then capitalize on those mistakes. And I think your pressure made him throw a wide hook. It made him throw a wide hook, and then you hit him with the jab. I think your pressure on the mat, you know, your quickness. Uh, the your. I think it made him overreact, where he made himself vulnerable, where he made a little mistake. And man, that's all it took was a little mistake, <laughs> because you were ready. You, you, but it was more than that. It was your mental part. It was like you knew that you can't make a mistake with this guy. So when you get the right opportunity, you're going to make sure you take advantage of it. And, and, and you, you know what, Teddy? Actually, even before to, to the fight, before that, you know, for example, in the, in the press conference, when I see, I see him, uh, uh, you know, the first time in, in Arizona for the fight, he looks different, you know, because the last fight was a, a, a war against against me. And I think he was he doesn't want to prepare for another, you know. I was ready to die for that in, in, in the last fight. And I think he he not really, you know, he felt something different in, in me, you know. I remember he looks very confident in, in the last fight against me, you know, like I I saw his face, he's trying to beat me really bad in the first second round you know knock me out submit me or something like that but on these ones he looks different he respect me he respect too much my my abilities my skills um that was a difference too i think i i think so you know i thought that when he shoved you at the press conference before this last fight that it was a red flag that things were going to be different because that isn't his real character to act like that at a press conference and you seemed a little surprised by it too almost like what are you doing? Like it was, it seemed very uh, right, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, his his face looked different. He looks a little bit frustrated. Uh, he doesn't want to watch me directly to the eyes. He 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 keep his sunglasses. I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm wrong. You know, maybe it doesn't want nothing important. But at the end of the day, I think that was that was a, 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 a something important in the fight. Yeah. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was. And um, a person can feel fighters in particular when you're in that, in that, whether it's the ring or whether it's the 
obviously the the octagon. The octagon. And when you're in there, they can feel things. You can feel things. You can feel the strength of the fighter. Yeah. You can feel the frustration of the fighter. You can feel the the belief, the belief of the fighter. I always say seventy five percent of this game, Brandon, in my business in boxing and. I would say it's the same in yours, but in mine, I always say 75% of it is mental. Would you say the same thing? Definitely. You know, the technical part is very important. Actually, actually, my training, my, my training coach, my boxing coach, sorry, uh, he, he tried to talk too much about that with me. You know, like the, the technique is very important. You, you need to have like the best technique you, you, you can have. But the mental part, you know, it's something different. You can you can be really really technical, but if you don't believe in yourself, nothing else matters. You know, I I saw I can see right now uh, guys who doesn't have a really good technique, but his mindset. You know, they are they are, they are really uh, brave and doesn't care nothing in the fight. Just they just want to win the fight, and that's it. Obviously, when you start to to go forward in in your division in your sport, you need technique too. But again, mindset, the mental game is is another different thing. Speaking about technique, you know, all great fighters in my sport in boxing, they have a signature punch, like they're you know something that they're famous for, something that they're very good at. Um, that they're known for, like Floyd Patterson had the leaping hook, Kid Gavilan, a uh, great Cuban fighter, he had the bolo punch, Mike Tyson, yeah, Mike Tyson had the uppercut, where he would hit you over here, and then bang, he'd bring the uppercut up, you know, um, for me, I'm looking at you, and I'm going to ask you, if your signature move is the rear naked choke. I'm showing off a little bit, you know, that that I, <laughs> I'm showing off a little MMA stuff that I'm picking up. Uh, is your, <laughs> you're so good at that. Is the rear naked choke your, is that fair to say? Would that be uh, Brandon Marino's signature move? Maybe, maybe yes, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's part of the, the ground game and the rear naked choke is a, is a famous, Joke in the in the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, but yeah, I mean, I, I have a lot of a lot of uh, real naked jokes in my career, so yes, maybe can can be a, a signature of my of my game. And talking about you know the the submission game, well, for about maybe talking about the the striking game, I in the in the last three years, I think I improved too much my job. You know, I I love to keep my distance. I I know how. I, I love to feel how can I put pressure with the jab and the guys don't doesn't have the 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 enough answer in, in, in my long job. I have a long arms for the division. My jab is, is my job is very well, it's, it's fast, it's long, and, and I and I love that part of my striking. Well well the jab is so important in boxing. I mean it's the most important punch because yeah. it's it starts everything. I mean, it sets up your other punches. It controls range. It controls distance. It, it helps you with defense. I mean, the jab is probably used seventy percent of the time uh, okay. during a fight. So, so in in our sport, in my sport, in boxing, the jab is the most important punch. But I'm going to leave you with something with that. 
Okay. Always, as great a punch as it is, it can be a dangerous punch if you throw it at the wrong distance or the wrong time and the wrong position. Because okay. remember, you're looking to land a jab. They're looking to counter you over yes. that jab. So if you throw your jab from a little too close, bang, the guy can counter you with the right hand. It yes. has to be thrown from the right distance. It has to be thrown from the right position. It has to be thrown at the right time. Because then the jab can become a bad punch. It could become a good punch for the other guy. Yes. That's, that, I mean, that's, that for me, that's, you know, like anything, you have to respect what you're doing and you have to, any, anything can be very good, but if you don't do it at the right time, it can also be very bad. And um, for you, just remember, sometimes if your instincts tell you, hey, he's looking to counter me with something, don't throw the jab from there. Instead, okay. give, give him a little faint and move to the side and jab from somewhere else. Nice. I love it. I love I, I'm not agree with you that that's why you are a legend, Teddy, you know. You know, actually definitely you, you know more about that than me. But yeah, I, I just this last maybe three, four years I'm trying to improve too much my boxing. I I meet a and a boxing coach, he's and he's amazing. He changed my life so far in my with my with my striking and um, his name is drift cortez he he worked before with a, lo, a lot of um, at, uh, champions from tijuana he worked with uh, antonio margarito and, and other guys um and you know he showed me the basics he showed me the basics and i think right now my my, my boxing is 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 really good yeah well he's done a great job there's no doubt about that and you just mentioned a great fighter, a great fighter, Antonio uh, Antonio Bar Margarito Barrera. You're talking about Barrera, right? Or no? No, uh, Antonio Antonio Margarito. It's a it's a guy. It's a guy from Tijuana. He he was a world champion. Oh, Antonio Marco Barrera was a great fighter in Mexico, yeah. and I I want to bring him up for this reason. There's an interesting connection with you and him. You know what it is? What? You you were thinking about being a lawyer, going to law school. Am I correct? Okay, yes. Yeah, you were going to go to law school instead of this, but and you wound up pursuing the uh, MMA. But there was a period that you thought you'd go become a lawyer. And yeah, a little uh, bit, yes. And your, and your mother wanted you to. Is that is that fair to say? I think it's, 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 it's in some point the, the mother's one, you know, I like you for his uh, for his son, uh, you know, a professional career. Yeah, of course. Not in danger. Uh, yeah, uh, where yeah, you're not course. where you're not getting hit. <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. I mean, although you could get hit in different ways in life in the courtroom, you could <laughs> yeah. you you get hit different ways. But Marco Antonio Barrera, great great Mexican fighter, great world champion. Amazing. He he went through the same journey where, if my memory serves me correct, he was going to be a lawyer. Matter of fact, he might have even went to law school. Really? Yeah. If you ever meet him and talk no, to him. I, 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 to be honest, I, I, I don't know. I don't know a lot of boxers. Actually, I'm start. I, I live now. I live in, in Vegas. I, I, I have a, a, a few year, a few months living here in Vegas and I meet uh, Nonito Donaire. I'm start to try, train with, with him. As, but I don't, I don't know like a lot of Mexican uh, boxers in person, you know. You're going to wind up knowing them now that you're a champion. 
because <laughs> because you have that in common. Hopefully, yes. No, you will. You have that in common with the Mexican heritage and and history and pride. And if you do, ask him about that. Say, hey, Marco, you were going to be a lawyer? <laughs> I, I, I was thinking about... <laughs> I will. About, I yeah. will. I promise. Talking about the jab, you know, it's interesting you brought that up because I've seen some other MMA fighters with their striking that have improved themselves in that area. And okay. you know, you know one of them that I noticed improved himself? He retired, and some people might think he's the greatest of all time. But Khabib, Khabib, just, just like you, who's so good on the mat with the Brazilian jiu-jitsu, with the grappling, with all that, so good, so good. But he understood he had to get better at the striking. And he did get better. And I noticed in his last couple of fights, one of the things that made him better was he started using his jab more, Khabib. And so it's interesting for me to hear that you were looking to improve your striking and you were concentrating on the jab and that, that also Khabib, for me, had done the same thing. I mean, for example, obviously Khabib is, is uh right now i i really believe he's a legend in the sport so he he was and he's undefeated and he started to improve his striking because maybe he 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 knew that can be can be a hold uh uh yeah hold you say hold yeah in the floor yeah uh, yeah a hold some uh, opponent can use against him for me, in my specific uh, situation, um, I, I needed to to lose a few fights to start to know about to start to watch that you know like uh, uh, the striking can be an area I can improve you know so yeah I just wanna in mixed martial arts you, you need to be the most complete fighter you 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 can because you know it's not just striking it's it's jujitsu it's it's grappling it's, it's everything. And you, you need to you need to improve everything definitely. Do you play chess? A long time ago, not right now, to be honest. Yeah, because again, and I'll finish with this for me. Okay. Uh, that was a that was a chess match. Very fast, <laughs> very fast chess. But you you were checking him, and then all of a sudden, before you knew it, it was check 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 checkmate. <laughs> Teddy, I mean, I saw I saw the last fight against him like I don't know, 10, 20 times, you know, before before the rematch. I made the, the game plan with my with my with my team. And yes, I saw everything. I saw everything, you know. Uh, I tried to make a lot of fakes to make the reaction, like you say. Uh, the jab, make uh, put the distance, uh, put pressure, and you know the combination of be aggressive, you know, put pressure, but at the same time keeping the dis uh, keeping the distance. That is hard, but I think I I, I I did it well. It was brilliant. You didn't do it well. You did it brilliantly, P uh, perfectly. <laughs> Thank you. And um, the last thing, I know you and your wife have three daughters. One of them, Megan. I uh, had to have surgery uh, at one point in her life uh, after she was born. How is she and how's all of your family? 
No, actually, it was my my older daughter, Madison. Had the, his, oh, his... I'm sorry. I thought it was... No, like... no, no problem. It was, yeah, it was Madison. Um, and she, she's fine right now. She's, she's amazing. In that moment, uh, something wrong happened in his stomach, you know? Uh, and I we went to do some uh, tests for, for her, but in some point, uh, the doctor said, no, you know what? We, we need we need to to make to do that surgery um uh, uh, but no right now is she's she's amazing she's she's very she's very happy because uh i mean she's happy that she's happy but at the same time she's she's a little bit scared because um she need to go to the school here in the united states and she went to the school in mexico so she she doesn't speak uh english so she's a little, uh, she's a little bit nervous about that, you know, because it's another language, another school, another guys, another friends, another teacher. But she's excited too. If anybody could talk to her about being nervous, her father can. <laughs> uh, she's <laughs> got, she's got the best father in the world to talk to about that and teach her how to control it and teach her that it's normal to be nervous and everything's going to be okay. Thank you so much. I know, you know, I, I try. Uh, and anybody, any anybody knows how to be a, a good father when you're starting this. But I just try to put a, a lot of uh, love of my three daughters, uh, and that's it, you know. And Brandon, one thing before we let you go, you mentioned earlier that in the buildup to the fight that you mentioned your mindset that you were ready to die in there. And I've heard other great champion Israel Adesanya say the same exact thing, that when it comes time to get in there, especially in these title fights, that you're ready to lay it all on the line. Can you talk just a little bit about that mindset and like how that preparation, what kind of preparation mentally that you put in to get ready for this, to get into that headspace? <laughs> Uh, I mean, was literal. I was ready. I was ready to die. It was necessary to get the belt, you know. First of all, I, I have a, a, a lot of help with my mind, you know, because this this sport, you know, the combat sports in general are, are so hard, you know. A lot of stress, a lot of pressure, you know, a lot of media talking about you, talking about uh, your next fight, If you, what happened if you lose, are you think, think, uh, you're thinking about that, uh, you know, your opponent, in other interviews, talking about he want to kill you and he want to knock you out in the first second round, that is very stressful. I have a, an, a mental therapist. Uh, she's from here, from from Vegas. She's uh, name she's name is uh, Aletel Mel. She's amazing. She helped me too much with my mind, and working on that. In when I in the middle of the fight, you know, uh, be, before to start the, the first round. Uh, walking to the octagon actually i was thinking about all my dreams you know all my dreams uh, thinking about my family thinking about my my daughters my wife my parents uh, you know the, the the people who support me in all this journey uh, all the hard work and dedication i put in this you know literal i was ready to die <laughs> in that moment well, we're glad you didn't, and congratulations on the win. <laughs> we're very happy for you and look forward to having you on again as you defend the title, I'm sure, many times from now. We want to be sensitive to your time. I know you're in Vegas. I'm sure everybody wants to talk to you. Uh, Teddy, you got anything else before we say goodbye? The only thing that I would leave you with is um, I 
Do your kids love Legos? <laughs> I, I love Legos. I know Actually, you do. I, I, I'm the, the Lego builder in the house. That's my hobby. Uh, you know, when I, I try to get some, uh, a good uh, Lego set, and, and you know, and uh, in the night before to go to the bed, I'm trying to build a little bit of Legos, you know, just to distract myself to the competition, to the, you know, to the training camp, to the, you know, to the training in general. And that's my hobby. And that, wor and that uh, works for, for my mind, you know, try to distract myself. Very good. Are your kids into Legos? Do they, do they my, build my, them? My older daughter, yeah. She, she builds sometimes with me. <laughs> uh, that's beautiful. Well, again, listen, Brandon, congratulations. Have a long, long reign as champion. But more, even more importantly, have a long, long reign as a great father and also as a great just inspiration to how to behave like a champion and how to never give up on your dreams. There's a lot of people out there that that will follow that and they will be better off for it. So continue to be the champion that you are in the ring. Continue to be that outside the ring. You're a special person. They re really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And guys, thank you. Thank you so much for your words. It was really nice to talk with you. And uh, see, uh, hopefully we can talk again in the future. And I, I promise I will, I will work so hard for to keep this belt with me. I know you will. And good luck. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Brandon. Thanks for being Thank with you. us. Thank you. Have a good day. Take care, Brandon. Thank you. Thank you.